Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with Todd Coleman. We are in Garage 5 and 6 inside of Coda for the GT World Challenge. I have to ask you, is it still SRO or is it go by just GT World Challenge? Look, I, th I think it's all under the SRO umbrella, right? Okay. There's GT World Challenge, there's GT America, there's GT4 America. There's a long list and there's multiple websites, but all sits under the SRO umbrella. Okay, cool. So we are sitting right in front of your car can you tell us a little bit about it? You'll be racing it this week. Yeah, yeah. Don't zoom in too close. You might see some uh, secrets. Huh? Some, well, no more some dents and scratches. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. It's uh, these are. Uh, I got two brand new Aston Martin GT4 uh, homologated cars. You know, they put out kind of 430 to 450 horsepower twin turbo V8. Uh, I, I'm new to this car, this platform this year. Mm -hmm. So we ran a different platform last year. Uh, but I'm in love with this car, right? It's, it's funny, uh, when other manufacturers are selling against this car, they use it as a negative and they're like, ah, but that car's so easy to drive. Almost like, who would want an easy to drive race car? Me, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a long wheelbase, wide, uh, and it's nice to have the twin turbo V8 because you get into a corner, especially at the start of a race, where everyone gets backed up yep. and you find yourself drag racing out of the hole, yep. dropping down to second gear and letting that thing fly is, is a beauty. But, That's awesome. Uh, and then, you know, we go to a number of tracks throughout the season where there's a lot of super high speed corners, kind of, you know, fifth gear corners. Yep. And man, this car is super stable through there. So tell me a little bit about the season so far. Uh, I'd say a rough start, to be honest. Okay. Um, you know, we, you know, in the, in the years past, we were primarily focused on Ferrari Challenge. We added GT4 racing last year as an add-on, kind of a tuck-in, and we did uh, kind of five or six racing weekends with that. This year, we're full GT4. I, I joke because every season I go in, I think, you know what, I got to pull this back because I actually still have a day job. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I get in and I just, you know, other races get added and people come and ask if I want to co-drive. And so... Uh, it's hard for me to say no. Yeah, right. It's hard to say no. It's hard to say no. You know, we were in Laguna last weekend. We were in NOLA two weekends before. We're here today. Two weeks from now, we're in uh, Detroit. Right. It, the list goes on. But your question about how's the season so far? I mean, it's it's been tough. Yeah. Um, you know, and and most of that I attribute it to me. Uh, you know, this is a racing is a is a constant self reflection on what. <laughs> Decisions you make in real time at speed, and how many of those decisions you, you wish you could take back? Yeah. And how many of those decisions are repeat decisions that you can't figure out why you keep repeating it? And so, you know, we got off to a, an amazing start at St. Pete. We set, the, we set the track record for GT4 in qualifying. Okay. Uh, we led most of the race, and then one little mistake. Uh, into the tires as, as it became nightfall and, you know, we struggled to finish the race and we should have won. Yeah. Um, second race, uh, we got taken out by another driver. We were in P2 at the start of the race. We didn't make it past turn five. We got taken out. Oh now we're God. at the back of the pack. 
and um, you know, uh, patience uh, was my enemy that day, and we're kind of last lap, and uh, there were two cars ahead of me, and I'm running, I'm running P6, but I can see P4, and those cars are probably two seconds slower than me. Yep. But it's a tough track, you know. Street courses are tough courses to pass on, and so I went for it, and I nicked the inside wall, which sent me the outside wall, and we tubbed the car. Uh, right? Yeah. So, like, we got a, a run of those. Um, you know, Sonoma, we had a good run. Uh, you know, we we kind of have a disputed penalty, and we were six seconds in the lead, and then we took a penalty. Um, you know, no matter whether I agree with those decisions or not, there's always something I could have done differently. Yep. Right? So yep. it doesn't really matter what the call is. It's a, it's a lesson learned. So it's kind of the great thing about racing is there's so many life lessons in there. They're just uh, a little bit more expensive than Oh, yeah, lessons. exactly. Yeah, and they happen really fast, too. Yeah. So where are you from, actually? Yeah, so I grew up in small town, Illinois, a town called Freeport. It's about two hours' drive uh, west of Chicago. Okay. Uh, you know, left like a lot of kids do, you know, graduate high school, left for college, and then, you know, I, I hope to go back and see my family still there, uh, but I'm kind of lucky to get back, you know, once or maybe twice a year. And yep. then uh, Denver's been my home for for the last kind of 22 years, minus a, minus a stint in Europe for a couple of years, but otherwise Denver's been my home. Okay, so at least you're kind of central to fly everywhere you yeah. do constantly. Yeah, it just depends on where the you know, what side of the season you're on and where yeah. the season's lopsided towards the east or the west. Yep. There's not a lot in the Midwest, as you know. Uh, one of the best racetracks, Road America, which is coming up in August. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Denver, you know, we like to think of ourselves as, as the west, but really we're, we're <laughs> either the furthest west of the Midwest or the furthest east of the west. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, um, what, tell me a little bit about how you got started. Like, what got you into motorsport racing? Yeah, uh, you know, the honest answer is four years ago, uh, I had one of those milestone birthdays. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh, you know, I should, get, I think I'll give myself a racing course as a milestone birthday. And so uh, obviously that turned into a significant addiction problem. <laughs> uh, so I was one, one course in and immediately signed up for the second course and uh, uh, that particular uh training program was four courses that led to a, a license, a racing license. Yep. And uh, kind of in typical inpatient fashion, I'm two courses in, I'm asking questions about how do I get to the license, I'm setting myself up for how do I start racing the following year at that point in time. Yep. Uh, it was going to be the my first season of Ferrari Challenge and they were going to be the support race for the Daytona 24. So I'm like, hey, we're, we're a better place to go than Daytona motor speedway yep uh and so uh i wasn't it wasn't working out the the class was full they were on a wait list and so i was i was confident i would get in uh but along the way we started shopping for a race car and the same week we bought we acquired a race car they called and said hey good news we got you into the final two courses to set you up and by then i started asking a different set of questions, which is there must be another way. Yeah. And so uh, we ended up being a, you know, knock on wood, it, probably not something uh, everyone wants published, but I ended up being a, a racing school dropout. Uh, and we went and we went and rented uh, Palm Beach uh, International Speedway. Uh -huh. And we rented that for two days. We took the car there. I brought in a professional driver and a coach. And by the end of it, he was my reference. And 
Six weeks later, we had a racing license, and off we went. Hey, you know, at least people need to understand there are there are other options out there um, if you need to speed things up a little bit. So that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and in the end, uh, for me, it was it was kind of a mathematical exercise, right? It sounds super wild, like hey, you went and ran to a racetrack, but if you if you looked at it, was I had one car, we had the racetrack to ourselves, I had a professional coach with me. Uh, and our total drive time in that two days was probably 5x what I would have gotten out oh, yeah. of four days of racing school, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, the math was on our side. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So do you have any other family following along on this, or is it just kind of your own yeah, adventure? No, uh, I, I do have family that follows along. Um, I mean, I have, I have three kids that, that, that range from 17 to 24. Okay. And uh, they like to go to all the sexy tracks that's super hard for their dad as their travel agent to get them to. <laughs> like, we've raced in, we raced in Italy in October, and they're like, hey, we'd really like to go to yeah. Italy. Right? So one's coming from Oregon, two coming from Colorado, different schedules. And uh, I'm like, you couldn't go to Austin or <laughs> Wisconsin. Like, yeah. That'd be way easier, but yeah, I get it. Road America's beautiful. Yeah. Especially in August. Yes. But, um, but uh, beyond that, uh, my mom and dad live in, in still in the same small town. My, my brothers live in the same small town, and so they're avid watchers. My youngest brother, up until this last year, never missed a race. So no matter where I went, whether it was, whether it was in the United States, Italy, uh, he's been to them all. Oh, and, wow. Uh, uh, cool. He's a funny guy because he's, uh, he's plugged in. He's got his own headset. He's got the channel wired up to the, the car channel. And only in the way that brothers can connect. So occasionally, as you probably appreciate, like you're on the radio, yep. and not all you don't always have perfect reception, no, right? No. And as you're driving, the driver isn't perfect on no. holding the button down, no. the wait, and then hold and speak and all <laughs> yep. those things. And so every once in a while, he'll be listening into the channel, and I'll say something, and I'll repeat it a second time. And by the third time, I'm becoming annoyed that they, you know, the team's probably annoyed because they can't hear me. And finally, he'll come in over the radio and translate what I just said, <laughs> only in the way that a brother can. I was going to ask if he had the right to do that. He absolutely ability. does. That's cool. So when is he going to start racing? Uh, look, I, I, as, as long as he can write a big enough check or find the right sponsor <laughs> any time now. It's funny because we have a, I have a simulator and uh, we play drinking games on the simulator, mm -hmm. right? And so the drinking game is really we start off sober and, you know, as we're competing against each other on a track, and I'm giving him usually some advantage yeah. uh we see how how bad we get what's our reaction time look like and so uh you know he'll be on the simulator and he literally has beads of sweat going across the floor <laughs> and i'm like what the hell is wrong with you he's like i'm nervous i don't want to crash the car i'm like it's a simulator <laughs> yeah no joke god so what are the all the different kind of cars you is it just these cars or what did you have before this so uh we've had a couple of ferrari challenge cars um I had, had two uh, as of the end of the season. I'm still holding on to one. Uh, we ran a Toyota Supra last year. Uh, and then now we're, we're, we're going deep on Astons, mostly because I tubbed one car. So we got two here with us today, and one's waiting for a tub. So uh, okay. we're deep in race cars at this point, yeah. deeper than I'd like to be. What, what's been your favorite to drive? You know, it's, uh, they're so different. Um, you know, the Ferrari is exciting because it's 670 horsepower, Yeah. right? It goes fast. <laughs> and if you're at the right track, you know, like uh, when we run the road course at Daytona, you're coming off of uh, NASCAR 3-4 down the front straight. You know, that thing's just 
clipping along somewhere between 195 and 198 miles per hour, right? Yeah. It's real, uh, but it's heavy and it's got, doesn't have a lot of downforce, right? So you do a ton of trail braking into the corners to get that car to rotate. Um, this car is materially different. It's, it's lighter, but it's 300 horsepower less. Yeah. Right? You drive it differently, right? And so for me, you know, I have aspirations to go drive a lot of things, right? Last weekend I was talking to my engineer and like, hey, what's it take to get into the NASCAR truck? And he's like, hey, we can put you in, like, so I think, you know, for me it's about experiences, but I wanna learn and improve myself mm -hmm. at each platform, right? This, this car is about learning mechanical downforce, right? Yeah. It's, you know, yes, I could go get a GT3 car, but I wanna be ready for it. I wanna know, make sure I can drive other things. And, you know, I'm now getting to that point of experience where I can translate what I think the car is gonna do versus what the track does versus simulator, which I don't spend a ton of time on, but I can translate all those things and understand the difference and understand how, if I move from this car to the challenge car to another car, like how that corner may be materially different. Yep. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, other than um, maybe going to the trucks for NASCAR. Yeah, that's just a one weekend, one what, off. What do, you, what do you think is going to be the next ride Good question. Uh, our, our goals are this season to test high downforce cars. Yep. Whether that's uh, an LMP car or a GT3 or, or both. Uh, we're already thinking ahead. It's amazing uh, because no one warns, you know, they kind of warn you about the, the expense, both in terms of time and dollars yeah. of racing, but no one warns you about the administrative side of <laughs> racing, right? Because there's a, there's a big effort that goes yeah, yeah, into yeah. co-drivers, engineers, team, logistics, whatnot. Uh, so we're already thinking about next season. Uh, and, you know, up until two weeks ago when IMSA declared that LMP3 was coming out of the WeatherTech series, there was a, a thought of moving to LMP3, yeah. particularly for the U.S. endurance races, mm -hmm. so uh, Daytona, Sebring, etc. Yep. Uh, and now we're sort of up in the air. Um, ultimately, whether it's 2024 or 2025, we'll probably move on to uh, like the Le Mans series in either Europe or Asia. Uh, for some strange unknown, I mean, I kind of understand the economics, but I don't understand the economics. <laughs> it's materially less expensive to go race in, in Europe and Asia than it is in the U.S. And yeah. so if a series like that com that comes along where you can do, you know, it's basically two weekends over three weeks, yeah. right? You can justify going there in a, in a very focused way. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I track to the experience races, right? My, my record does not hold up at street courses, <laughs> but I'd race a street course every weekend if yeah, I could. Yeah. Um, what, so what is like the one race that stands out to you that you just, you're never gonna forget? And, and why was it that way? Yeah, uh, look, there's so many, it's a good question. Um, I, I look, I'd say probably, uh, probably VIR. 
I mean, there's there's a couple. Like, I like the fast tracks, the longer fast tracks. Yeah. They tend to fit my style really well. Uh, VIR, uh, two seasons ago, first weekend, I'd never won. Hadn't won yet. I stood all over, you know, uh, but I'd never won. And uh, we, uh, we uh, brought back two wins that weekend. Oh, wow. So that, that sticks out. Um, the first race was, was close. I qualified P2 and, uh, uh, you know, as the, as the days of thunder saying goes, you can pass on the outside. So I passed on the outside in turn one and, and it goes to, goes to your to the left in turn yeah. two. And so the rest was history. Uh, but it's really the second race, which was a, uh, it was a wet race, wet, but going to dry. Right? Okay. So it was wet when we started. It's always complicated. It's complicated, that. right? Uh, so, you know, people were having tire blowouts because it had gone to dry over the course of the race. Okay. And so uh, we got off to a great start. And because it was wet and, and historically, for no particular reason, I've always done really, really well in the wet. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm good or because I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit of both. And so, uh, long story short, we pulled a, a massive lead. And so we're, we're probably six, seven seconds out in front. And at that point in time, we're not taking curbs because it's still wet. Right. And so uh, it came across the radio like, like hey, um, race control is reviewing the start of the race. Uh, we're not sure if they're looking to you or someone else as a potential penalty. Uh, but it would be assessed after the race. And so uh, I, I come on the radio and I'm like, what do uh, what's the what's the penalty if it's on me? And they said, well, the penalty is 15 seconds. So we're now six seconds in the lead. Yeah. Uh, just nine more. We started taking curbs after that, <laughs> and uh, we end up we end up winning by 32 seconds. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, you, you don't forget those races. Yeah. They don't come along often. Uh, in fact, some guys were giving me grief afterwards, like. Like you want to win, you don't want to win by that much. I'm like, well, look, I, I was doing the math. I thought we were going to subtract 15. So That's right. We didn't want to take any chances. Did it get assessed? It did not get assessed. <laughs> well, then you, you still won by a huge margin, which is fantastic. And you you have already mentioned some heartbreaks that you've had with a couple incidents. So that, yeah. that kind of it's a bummer. What about people that um, have never done this? Do you, do you suggest that they kind of approach it your way in terms of how you started? Or how should people experiment a little bit to see if this is right for them? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think the, the best scenario is you're, you're a young person and your family or friends, relatives have the ability to get you into karting early, right? I, yeah. I wish I was Yeah, me that, too. Right? <laughs> me too. Because uh, that experience level that those people have, even at an older age, never leaves them. But short of that, uh, I think there are a lot of ways to get in. Uh, certainly, I encourage a racing course. It doesn't, it could just be a, hey, we're just going to show you how to drive your streetcar a little differently, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and uh, but I, but I would say go in with your eyes wide open because, you know, you're always going to ask the question is how much does it cost? And unless you got a bunch of sponsors sitting behind you, which sponsors tend to come when you win. Yeah. Uh, short of having family connections or whatever, they don't generally show up no. early days. No. And so I think you gotta be prepared for the cost. Um, I've seen a lot of people show up where they're banking on that car coming back clean every weekend. And if it <laughs> yeah. comes back dirty, they're not racing again. Yeah, and yeah. the balance of probabilities 
when you're less experiences, that car is going to come back with some character. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd say that, I'd say the, there's no shortage of club racing out there uh, in lesser expensive ways. And certainly the GT4 program is a great program to get into. But there's programs like the WRL as you progress where right. you're not running on $3,000 set of slicks that you got to change every 30 laps, right? You're so right. There's, there's lots of ways. And, and the good news about the the racing community is it's super tight yeah right everyone knows everybody yep and 99 percent of those people are happy to help i mean that's how we got together i know jacob and uh jacob also is helping with the team that i race for and um you know it's just like you said it's a community right it so. is total community and, and you'd be surprised like i've seen so much grace in people at the track right and as you know there's some fantastic people walking around the paddock, right? Yeah. These coaches are no slouch. Like they, you know, a couple of these coaches that are here, you know, would have been here this weekend or sitting in Indianapolis, right? So there's some real people making a living, but they have unlimited knowledge and they're always happy to lend a helping hand or words of wisdom. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't know that there's anything else I, is, actually, I do want to ask you one other thing. Is there anybody you'd like to thank or anything you want to promote? Because this is an opportunity to do it. So I want people to know about your team, know about you, and any, anything else. Yeah, look, uh, look. There's, I, I actually just did an Instagram post where I, I recognize all the people that have supported me and continue to support me on this journey. Because it's a journey, as you yeah. know. Racing's a journey. I don't think it ever ends. Like, no. the number of times that I've called, uh, Aaron Tielitz has been my coach for the last uh, three plus years. And the number of times I've called him and said, when do the lessons stop? Because there's, like, put aside the expense, they're just painful, emotionally painful, right? Especially when you got a team riding on you and you feel like you let them down, yeah. right? But uh, look, I've had a long slew of coaches from, uh, you know, uh, Conrad Grinwald to Jeff Siegel, Aaron Tielitz. I got uh, Billy Johnson here with me this weekend. Um, uh, LP Dumoulin, the list goes on and on. Matt Bell, like those have all been there. You know, the original team that I ran with, the Ferrari Challenge, that I can't say enough. Uh, HP Tech, uh, we're putting together a new team here, the Arch Archangel team, which has been incredible. And I'd be uh, I'd be remiss not to comment on R3, who loaned us these chairs today. Yeah, so, it's great. We well, appreciate further that. Further community, but like, uh, look, there's an endless supply of people. Um, you know, and. Uh, in racing, like like we talk about, like there's uh, there's a lot of education, but there's a lot of people that work their tails off, not just when they show up at the track, but they're working on the cars during the week. You know, these cars left uh, California, Laguna Seca, and now a couple of days later they're sitting here, and there's yeah. a lot of work that went it into it. It is a lot of work there, uh, and there's a lot of late nights. You know, like we could be at a track, and if something something happens mechanically or otherwise. You know, that could be, they could be here until midnight or 2 a.m. and they're back at it at 7, so. Yep. No shortage of people. Yeah, it goes, the work goes on and on. So, well, Todd. Thank you so much for thank, having me. Thank you, I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so, I'll probably cut it off after this. But, Perfect. Um, what are you thinking? How many people in your class? Uh, depends. On the, the GT America, there will be kind of 20 cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, half and half GT3 versus GT4. Okay. And then it's the GT4 America that's challenging. 
uh, we've been running 41, 42 cars. Oh wow! It's a it's a disaster. Gosh. Like we're we've had uh, three race starts this season because the one one race got rained out at NOLA. And okay. So it's a reschedule. So we're three of four uh, race starts, and of those three, we're two for th we're one for three of making it through the first lap. Oh my gosh! Just getting taken out. Have you been here before? Yeah, in a challenge car. Okay. What do you think about turn one, lap one <laughs> here? Turn one, lap one. Uh, look, I, I actually won in the challenge car here, race one last year, and I did it on the outside. I was actually sitting three rows back. I think I qualified uh, P6, so I was outside. Yeah. Uh, and I hung to the normal break point, and I... Everyone got clustered on the inside, yep. and I drove yep. around them, and the rest is history. Yeah. So uh, there's no great answer. <laughs> uh, if you can be the first one through the inside, great. But if you're the tenth one through the inside, probably going to get clustered. Yep. Yep. Well, how many? Uh, so there's just two cars here for this time. Two cars here. Yep. Yep. And are, are you guys on both sides of the garage here? We are. So the Archangel team. Uh, manages this one. Okay. Uh, but it's run, it's a separate team, but but Mike Johnson oversees both. Oversees and brings, both. Brings okay. crew for both. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and that car sits in St. Louis. Okay. These cars as well. Okay, cool. Man, thank you cool. again. Thanks for having me. Yes. Good to meet you in person. Yeah, good to meet you as well. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.